Hey family, it's Pastor Travis, and I am so excited about this week's message. Listen, you need to turn up your phone, your car, however you're listening, because it's about to go down. I pray today you are inspired and that your faith is increased. If you want to partner with the awesome vision of Forward City Church, go now to forwardcity.tv slash give to get involved. Hey, I love you. Remember, your past is gone, your future is waiting, so prepare to move forward. been waiting. Here we go. Verse 1. It's our custom to stand for the reading of the word. It's only one verse. Then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies to Shittim. Go look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. Of all places, they went to the prostitute's house. God chose Joshua. Joshua chose the spies. The spies chose the prostitute. I'll preach a message really, really quick. Called one night only. Tell somebody one night only, one night only, one night. It don't take long. Everything can change in one night. God, I thank you in Jesus' name that we walked in one way, but we're walking out different. I thank you that you're for us. You're with us. You're in us. And we give you praise for this word. Thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, clap your hands like you love them on your way down. For several weeks now, we've been in a discussion about this guy named Joshua. I have found myself fascinated with this guy in the Bible named Joshua. A whole book is written after him. Joshua, Joshua. Joshua was Moses' assistant for 40 years. And then Moses prepares to die and lays hands on Joshua, making him the new leader of the Israelites, this guy Joshua. We studied for a while in Exodus 33 how Moses would meet with God face to face in the tent, but every day he would leave and Joshua would stay. It's because intimacy always precedes impact. This is Joshua. And in Deuteronomy 34, before Moses takes his last breath, something interesting happens. The Bible tells us, I shared it with you last week, that Moses dies full of strength and full of vision. And I believe the Bible showed us this detail to let us know that whenever we are in the middle of transition, God will often call an end to something that we thought was working. That God won't just close the previous chapter. I'm okay with that. But God has a habit of closing the current chapter. Something that you're comfortable with, something that you find security in, something that you're even familiar with, that God will close that. But you got to... Be careful when you start crying over something that he closed. Because God only closes a current thing when he intends on opening a new thing. And I don't know who I came to preach to on this first Sunday of October, but I came to tell you there's a new chapter opening in your life. Oh, my God. This new chapter is about to introduce you to yourself and reintroduce you to the people who think they know you. You didn't hear what I just said. I need you to lean on your neighbor and tell them, get ready for the new. 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 Have your funeral over Moses but get ready for the new. Give the roses at the burial site, but get ready for the new. Cry your tears, but get ready for the new. Because whenever God calls something up from heaven, it's because he wants to send something down from heaven. Did you hear what I just said? Get ready for the new. Oh, I told you I wasn't going to yell no more. I'm sorry. The new. The new. And so Joshua 1 begins with this verse, now Moses, my servant, is dead. Prepare. Get ready to cross over. Get ready 
to cross over. Get ready to do what you were created to do. How do I know that? Because the word Hebrew means cross over. And so he says, get ready to cross over. And at the end of chapter one, Joshua calls a meeting with the officers. And he tells them, he says, hey, in three days, we're going to cross over. Joshua was prophetic. Moses had already laid hands on him, so Joshua wasn't guessing. He was releasing a word from God. In three days, get ready to cross over. We know he was telling the truth because three days later, in Joshua chapter three, they crossed over. Something interesting happens, though, between Joshua 1, the word, and Joshua 3, the manifestation. God decides to take a detour into Joshua chapter 2. And they visit a woman named Rahab, a prostitute, for one night only. A detour. A detour. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. The only reason you in here right now is because God took a detour. Oh, man. But here's the thing about God. He's actually too alpha and omega for detours. Songwriter said he's actually intentional. And so Rahab wasn't a detour. She was actually on the agenda, the schedule, the heart, and the mind of God. Oh, man, your, survi Ooh, your survival wasn't accidental. You are here because you are on the heart, the mind, the agenda of God. When your mind was getting ready to get lost, God still had you on his mind. God still had something scheduled for you. And they show up at Rahab's house. What happens is interesting. The two spies come, and then the king sends his men to go get the two spies. And then Rahab hides the two spies and makes a deal to preserve her family. Now what I notice here is Joshua sends two spies to Jericho. And he says, in three days, we're going to cross over. So the clock is ticking when they get there. There's a Jordan to cross. There's territory to seize. There's a promise to possess. The spies show up. Watch the Bible. Their eyes are on Jericho, but God's eyes are on Rahab. And this, my friends, is what sparked my interest about this story. Of all the candidates to include in this, God allowed a prostitute to slip into the story. If you'd be so kind, I'd love to give you three reasons why I believe this prostitute slipped into the story. Are you ready? Reason number one. Where are my note takers at? Reason number one. We got feedback if y'all can help me. Reason number one. She prioritized vision. She prioritized vision. Joshua 2, verse 2. The king of Jericho was told, look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent this message to Rahab. Bring out the men who came to you and entered your house because they have come to spy out the whole land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. She said, yes, the men came to me, but I, I didn't know where they was from. Watch this. Rahab was willing to lay down her life on the line in order to preserve the lives of the spies. Rahab was willing to lay her life on the line to preserve the lives of the, of, the, of the spies. Now, this is interesting because she didn't allow her personal fear to stand in the way with God's vision. Watch this, guys. I, I did some research because I'm nosy like that. I want to know, know about these spies, just spies in general. And I found out that this is a very, very, very dangerous career path. There's a few things that spies got to have. They got to be low-key. 
They got to be able to blend in well. They got to have interpersonal skills, and they have to have observational skills. In other words, spies must have vision. So when Rahab hid them in her house, she chose vision over fear. This is heavy. I need you to get this. She chose vision over her own fear. Because whenever vision moves in, fear moves out. I was praying about this, and the Lord told me to tell you that many of our problems, we're not just hesitant out of fear. We're hesitant because our vision isn't clear. Because wherever there is clarity, progression is inevitable. She prioritized vision. Number two, she prioritized God. Verse eight, before the spies lay down for the night, she went up to the roof, watch this, and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land and that a great fear has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water, the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what, what you did to Sihon and Og, the two kings of Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. When we heard of it, your, our hearts melted in fear and everyone's courage fell because of you. Now watch this. This is key. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. Notice her confession here. She didn't just hear about what God did. She believed who he was. She said, your God is God. Your God is the real God. Ladies and gentlemen, this is powerful. This confession makes her the first Canaanite convert. A prostitute. She prioritized vision. She prioritized God. I love this one. You ready for this one? This is the third reason she snuck into this story. God prioritized her. I was praying about this, and God said, the spies didn't choose Rahab. I did. You got to understand, spies' primary purpose is to remain undetected. And that's what's so fascinating about this story. In verse 1, I hope you didn't miss it, the first verse we read, the Bible says Joshua secretly sent two spies. Secretly. He sent two spies. Verse 2 says, the king of Jericho was told, look, they came to spy the land. Now, wait a minute. Verse 1, secret spies are sent. Verse 2, the spies are exposed. Here's three reasons I believe. One of three reasons they were exposed. One of three reasons. One of these three reasons got to be why they were exposed. Reason number one, the spies weren't good at their jobs. Only way you can be a spy on a secret mission and get exposed is if you're not good on their job. Now, the reason I don't believe this is true is because the one who sent them was a retired spy. (laughs) Forty years before, Joshua was one of the 12 spies that went indicating himself. So I believe the spies knew what they were doing, so we got to take that off the table. Here's the second reason why they would have been exposed. Jericho's secret service was really good at their job. I don't think that's true either because she hit them on the roof. If that was good, they would have went to the roof and found them. (laughs) So they weren't exposed because they were bad, and they weren't exposed because Jericho's secret service was good. This could only lead us to a third option. Maybe... God wanted the spies to get exposed so that Rahab could save them and God could save her. Here's the point. God will use exposure to save your life. Did you hear what I just said? Exposure is your friend. 
The devil, I feel like preaching now, the devil is only competent in the dark. So God will walk in and turn the lights on just to get you out of some stuff. Lean on your neighbor and tell him he exposed it. He exposed it. Aren't you glad that God exposed it? You'd still be in that relationship if they didn't go to the bathroom and left their phone. Oh, y'all going to be fancy on two knots today. Aren't you glad that God exposed it? There's some people in here, if you didn't get pregnant before marriage, you wouldn't even preserve your own. You was reckless until you had something else to live for. Aren't you glad that God exposed it? He's a God who is exposed to save your life. And if the spies weren't exposed, Rahab couldn't make a deal. So God allowed the information to leak. Here's why. Because God only calls you up when he intends on calling you out. Let me say it a different way. If God exposed you, if he calls you out, he wants to call you up. God, if God picks you out of line, it's because he has elevation in mind. I was studying about spies, and they said one, one industry that spies actually get hired for a lot is like currently, it's like the new car business, like car business. And I was studying, and they said what will happen is spies will get hired, and they'll go camp out in the desert and go take pictures and videos when they're testing new cars on racetracks and stuff just so they can get a, a glimpse of it. I kept reading in an article, it said a lot of these spies are hired by the company that wants to keep the secret. <laughs> they're hired by the company because leaked information is free promotion. And so when God starts exposing, you should start shouting because he has promotion in, line, in mind. He can't put you on without calling you out. It's amazing how much changed in this night. One night changed everything for Rahab. It doesn't take him a long time. One night changed everything. One night only. And I'm studying this, and God said, God said man, I know she was a prostitute, but don't write, don't write off Rahab. Let me deal with our religious people real quick. We're so quick to write people off. This side, quiet. We're so quick to write people off. Don't write off Rahab. I was reading, and I stumbled across something in Matthew. That was mind-blowing to me. You heard the story? Of Ruth and Boaz? How many of y'all believe in God for a Boaz? Come on. Oh, Bo a Boaz seeker. Come on, fellas. You. So here's the story. Ruth, her previous husband dies. Then a famine hit when it rains and pours. She decides to stick with Naomi. She decides that I'm going to serve your God. And what happens is she prioritizes vision she prioritizes God, and God prioritizes her. And a wealthy man by the name of Boaz finds her. Boaz represents more than a husband, y'all. Boaz represents, catches, wealth, favor. It represents a second chance. It represents redemption. I'm going to ask you again, how many of y'all waiting on your Boaz or Boaz seeker? I'm talking about somebody who sees you for you. That's what Boaz is. Come on, somebody, somebody who's sure about you. Remember one time, long time ago, 
It's a long time ago. Long, long, long time ago. Long time ago. <laughs> I called my wife. She wasn't my wife at the time. This is 2010, March. Still remember. I called her. She's traveling. I'm on this little radio tour. And I called her. I said, you know, because it was off and on, you know, off and on. Couple years off and on. I said, you know, man, I, I just ain't sure, man. Like, I feel like, man, I don't know, man. I mean, I like you and everything, you know, but I'm just, I'm trying to figure it out. You know what I mean? I'm just trying to figure out, you know, options. I'm just trying to figure it out. She said, okay. Then she called me back. She said, wait a minute. She said, if you're not sure about me, I ain't the one. I said, well, what I, well, well, what I was saying was, <laughs> I had to come back correct, you see. Boaz is sure. Boaz just wants to be a blessing. And here's what's interesting about Boaz, ladies and gentlemen. Boaz has a mother, like every man who's ever lived. Boaz's mama is Rahab. It just got tight. So if you write off Rahab, she said, no. No Rahab, no Boaz. All right, we're ready now. We're ready now. We're ready now. No Rahab, no Boaz. What if your miracle is a prisoner to your own judgment? Tell somebody, you about to be free from this thing. You about to be free from this thing. I refuse to lose tomorrow's promise because of yesterday's pain. My, pa my past cannot define me. I love this story about Rahab. She says, don't call me no prostitute. Call me Boaz mama. Ain't it interesting? Ooh, go there, Travis. Ain't it interesting how God decides to birth promise from nasty places? Ah, from ugly places. Oh, you forgot about you you forgot about Jacob, baby mamas. The Bible calls Leah ugly. The Bible. It's descriptive. They talk about eyes. They talk about everything. It's like she was not it. <laughs> Rachel, she was a dime. She just, I'm Rachel. <laughs> Leah, like I'm Leah. <laughs> <laughs> and Jacob get tricked. I don't know what Jacob was sipping on. How you don't know who you marrying? He didn't know, to, one night only, he didn't know till the next morning. She said, good morning, you want some bacon? <laughs> but he loved Rachel, but Rachel couldn't produce. Isn't it funny how God called production to come from the ugly? She couldn't stop having kids. She was like, boom, one, two. <laughs> Because when God is ready to birth stuff, he's not looking for the cute. Ah, uh, let me come over here. 
He's not looking for the postable stuff. God is a God who'll get down in the ugly places. He'll get down in the mud. He'll get down in the valley in order to get what he wants. Rahab. 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 Ruth had two mother-in-laws. We talk about Naomi all the time. They grew old together. Rahab was there. And I love this. I love this about it because in Matthew 1, how do you know this, Trevor? Because Matthew tells us so. In Matthew 1, it goes through the genealogy of Christ, and it names everybody in the family tree from Abraham to Jesus. Watch the Bible, y'all. It only lists five women. Mary, still a virgin. Check. That's cool. It talks about, it talks about a woman named Tamar who disguised herself as a prostitute and got with Judah. It talks, about, it talks about a woman named Ruth. Okay, she's a widow, we'll take that one. But then it talks about Uriah's wife, that's Bathsheba, an adulterer. Hmm. And then it talks about Rahab, a prostitute. So according to us, this is for my religious people, only two out of the five we would qualify to be included. But three out of the five had some jacked up past. That's 60%. Which preached to me and tells me that the majority of the people God enjoys using. See, if you're uptight and right, you're not going to like this if you're religious. <laughs> that when God comes knocking on doors, he's looking for those who may have something in their closet. Now, you got to really understand this. God stands outside of time. You got to catch it. He authors this story and decides to include women whose track record ain't squeaky clean to show you something. You got to catch it. That he's not trying to write you off. He already wrote you in. God's not in the business of looking for people who are disqualified because he doesn't call the qualified. He, he, he qualifies the call. God says, I am the one who can take your ashes and turn it around. And I came to minister to some people who feel like you have done too much, who feel like you are stuck in your past to tell you that he is a God who can rewrite your story. Here's what's interesting about Rahab. Rahab heard about how great God was. She testifies about him. She just didn't know how great his love was for her. And I love how the Bible says this. And this is the last verse of a read. It talks about how she made a deal with the spies. And she says, when you take Jericho, I know you're going to take it. But when you take it, spare my family. Watch the Bible in verse 15. This is crazy, y'all. They're like, cool, got you. You're going to be all right. Verse 15. So she let them down by a rope through the window. For the house she lived in was part of the city wall. You can't just read the Bible. You got to read the Bible. She let them down by a rope because her house was in the city wall. If you went to Sunday school, you know that Jericho's wall came down. 
And yet, when they came and found her, she was in the crib after the crash. I was reading this, and the Lord spoke to me, and he said, before the spies even saved her life, I had already saved her life. And this is what I need to tell you, that the proof that God has a plan for you is that you're still here. I can only imagine that anybody else on that wall was probably out of here when they crashed. But God saw fit to sustain Rahab because he had a plan for Rahab's life. I don't care how jacked up your past is. If God sustained you, it's because he has a plan for your life. He has a plan for the prostitute. He has a heart for the harlot. So now when I'm reading this, this isn't what I thought it was. This just isn't a historical account about Rahab. This, my friend, is a love story on how God will get creative to rescue you. I don't need everybody. Give me 20 people who are grateful that God got creative when it came to rescuing you. When it came to sustaining you, when it came to breathing life into you, he is a God who will get created even when destruction is all around. Through COVID-19, he's sustained. Through your past, he's sustained. Through your history, he's sustained. Why? Because when he wants to birth something great, he'll find the ugly things to do it. I'm done. The reason the Lord told me to share this message today, he told me, and I prayed for this last service, that there are several people who have been suffocating under shame. That you love God, but you've been overwhelmed with shame of what happened, of what you did, of what you allowed to happen. Now I'm about to pray for you, and I share this, but you got to catch this. There's a lot of times we do ministry for the victim. We'll, we'll do ministry for the one who was abused. And rightly so. We'll do ministry for the one who was the victim of the spouse cheating on them. And rightly so. But oftentimes we, we forget about the one who caused the damage. And the shame that follows someone who messed up Rahab. If Rahab would have become a product of shame, she would have never risen up to the purpose of her life. And the only thing that can keep you from being all that God called you to be is if you remain a hostage to who you used to be. He's the God of the Rahabs. I was sharing with somebody, and we're going to deal with this with grown folks only, but I was sharing with somebody recently that, man, it's hard. Like, when we talk about, like, infidelity and that stuff, it's, it's hard, y'all. It's sticky. It's, it's not, this ain't an easy subject. But a lot of times we forget that the person who caused it, the person who messed up, like they too have to adjust to a whole new life. 
Because they may be now married to someone who it's impossible for them to trust them anymore. And so every day they're reminded of, man, you messed up. Or what about the abuser, right? The, the abuser who, who is ashamed of how they treated their children or ashamed of how they treated their spouse. And now, even though they're trying to progress in life and they're sorry and they, they pay for their sins, but they still are reminded every day. Oh, what about, what about the ex-convict, right? Who, who paid the time, who went through it, but now it's hard for them to find a job because they're reminded every day of who I was. And if Rahab would have been a product of her past, no Rahab, no Boaz. Prophetically, I want to pray for those who've been gripped, held hostage, hear me, by a previous version of you. Jericho's wall to come down to get Rahab out of it. And in this moment, God is about to deal with the shame that's been dealing with you. There's also a group of people, and I heard this through study, that a lot of people, you wouldn't even think this, but a lot of, a lot of victims deal with an overwhelming amount of shame the victims of, of adultery or the victims of molestation even deal with an overwhelming amount of shame from this idea that maybe I did something to cause this. Let the abused deal with shame of, man, maybe it's my fault. Maybe I'm unlovable. And God says, no, 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 no. That's not how I see you. That's not who I called you. Rahab, you're not what you are, you are the mother of Boaz. You are the birth place of promise. Now the same one who carried the past is now carrying Boaz, who carries Obed, who carries Jesse, who carries David, who carries Jesus. And one night, he changed her story. Everything changed. When she decided to let go of her title and receive who he was, the real God. The only way I can be who I'm called to be is when I let go of who I was and receive who he is. I'm going to take a moment, and we're going to do it quickly. But if that's you, if that's you, everyone standing, if that's you, and shame has been suffocating you. Well, you know you got promise on your life, but you can't breathe because of what happened. The devil comes to still kill and destroy, but God came that you may have life. And not a life bound by the grip of shame but a life in freedom. And he's about to deal with that thing right now in Jesus' name. If that's you, run up here really quick. We're going to pray. And as you come, I'm telling you, chains are falling. You're not who you 
work. You're not what they called you. You're not what happened to you. Shame. Be broken. Shame. Be broken. I'm chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. Come on. I am who you say I am. I am chosen, not forsaken. <laughs> not just for those who dealt with things yesterday I want to pray for those who are dealing with things now because God found Rahab in her current state and changed everything I want to pray for the ones who's currently addicted to drugs currently addicted to pornography currently addicted to sex. If there are chains that are broken in this moment that have been holding on to you for a long time. The chains of perversion, of pride. I'm going to tell you, this is what happens. This is what happens. This is what happens. God, this is what happens. There's an episode that caused the chains to come on you. I want y'all to look at me and catch this. This is heavy. There's an episode that happens that causes the chains to come on you. An episode, something happened in your past. Something happened, something happened. Somebody took something from you. Somebody mishandled your trust. Someone did something to put the chain on you. That's how chains come. But that's not how chains stay. Episodes cause the chains. The only thing that empowers the chain is shame. <laughs> so every day, if you are under the cloud of shame, you literally put on the chains again every day. Because the Bible says there's mercies that are new every day. So the only way the chains remain is if I redress with them. And shame will cause you to do that. And you didn't have language for why you stayed in it. It's shame. But when I release the shame, the chains don't have any more power. And that's the trick of the enemy that a lot of people don't know. And that's why religion don't work. Because religion shames you. Look at what you did. Condemnation shames you. But condemnation, condemnation, it's a place. It's a nation of the condemned. It shames you. 
This is why Jesus said there is therefore no more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. He'll give you conviction. And that's a correction. That's something in your spirit that said, this ain't right. I can't be here. I can't do this. That's conviction. But condemnation will have you walking with your head down like you don't deserve his love. But shame is broken now in Jesus' name. Lift your hands. Come on. He's going to do it right now. 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 Listen. Woo! I just felt this. Woo! Oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man. Woo! I want you to hear me. <laughs> oh man. You have two different identities. You are you to you. But your other identity is a child of God. So at the same time that you're you, you're also a son and a daughter. I need y'all to catch this. This is heavy. Ooh, I've never heard this. God just said this so loud in my spirit. He says, he's already forgiven you. He wants you to forgive his daughter. He wants you to forgive his son. He says, quit, quit holding yourself hostage to something that I've already dealt with. Because when you don't receive his forgiveness, you're calling his blood cheap. Forgive my son. Forgive my daughter. My wife said something so powerful to me years ago when God broke the shame off of her. She said what helped her was recognizing that the previous version of her wasn't the real her. It was someone who didn't even understand the love of God. So how could I be held responsible for something I had no idea about? And now you're going to receive this love. This blood that rewrites your story. No more shame. No more shame. The power of shame. Let's go. Come on, lift your hands. Prayer warriors all over the room, begin praying. Come on, begin praying. Begin praying. If you need to get up here, come up here. If you need to get up here and you're saying, you know what, I'm tired of this, come up here now because I'm telling you, you're going to walk up here one way, but you're leaving. Everything is about to change. Come on, lift up prayer to our God. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. I am no longer a slave to fear. Let it go. Let it go. You're not what they called you. God says, I'm sure about you. Hey, Rahab, I'm sure about you. And you will birth greatness. You will walk in power. You will walk in purpose. I don't care what happens. Woo! 
Receive that. I'm no longer a slave to that. Shame, lose your grip. Come on. Shame, lose your grip. Shame, let my people go. Let my shame take Let my people go.
for listening to today's message if you would like to commit your life to this Jesus that you've been hearing about pray the simple prayer with me God I acknowledge that I am a sinner I believe that you died on the cross for my sins and I believe that you got up so that I don't have to stay down come into my heart change me forever from the inside out I'm saved I am different in Jesus name Amen. Hey, if you prayed this prayer for the first time, or even if you rededicated your life today, I'm so proud of you, and you're not alone. Go now to forwardcity.tv slash brand new. We'd love to hear from you. Remember that in Christ, your past is gone, your future is waiting. So move forward. Love you.